0: The following is a Dharma family service for the Southern Alameda County Buddhist Church observing the Fall Ohigan service that took place on September 26,
1: 2021.
0: Of wisdom and compassion to observe the fall Ohigan service combined with memorial for past bishops of Buddhist Churches of America and the past ministers of Southern Alameda County Buddhist Church. I will now read the past bishops of BCA Shuye Sonoda, Tetsue Mizuki, Kentoku Hori, Koyu Uchida, Hoshio Sasaki. Kenju Masuyama, Enryo Matsukage, Enryu Sigefji, Shinsho Hanayama, Kenryu Tsuji. I will now read the past ministers who served at SACBC. Unryu Sugiyama, Ryumei Iguchi, Naoki Kono, Doei Fuji, Their commitment to the spread of the message of Amida Buddha's great compassion continues to touch us to this day. For this reason, we here today before Amida Buddha affirm our commitment to continue to listen to the Buddha's calling voice and take part in the spread of this message of Amida's fundamental aspiration for all beings to awaken to true peace and mind. With deepest reverence and gratitude for the all-embracing wisdom and compassion of Amida Buddha, we recite the name Namu Amida We are Madamosu. Please join me in a show. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu.
1: Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Ya No.
2: We will now have the reading, Gratitude for Jodo Shinshu Teaching. I will read in English, and you may all read at home. No more doubts. Entrust yourself to me. I will liberate you just as you are. This is the calling voice of Amida. My blind passions are embraced in the Buddha's awakening. So the Buddha calls to me. I will liberate you just as you are. Gratefully responding to the Buddha's call, I find that I am already on the path that leads to the Pure Land, and the Nembutsu flows freely from my thankful heart. Living with the Dharma as my guide softens my rigid heart and mind. Gratitude for the gift of life I have received frees me from becoming lost in greed and anger, and allows me to share a warm smile and speak gentle words. Sharing in the joy and sadness of others, I shall strive to live each day to its fullest. Now, my doubts. Sensei,
0: please. Hi. I'll Japanese. to read. Nanmo Amida Butsu, wale ni mokase yo. no mida no yobi koe. no bonno to. 仏教感謝 well, everybody. Like to kind of into it. hope you can hear me and I'm coming in clearly. Uh, let's see. Uh, so today's the Ohigan service and I'd like to welcome everybody uh, here today. Uh, and uh, today we have a uh, very uh, nice special occasion, a nice guest speaker today. Uh, and he is Reverend Henry Adams, Henry Torio Adams. So Henry Adams uh, grew up in, in Buffalo, Minnesota. Uh, He discovered his interest in Buddhism during a one-year high school exchange in uh, Chennai, India, Uh, and as an undergraduate student at St. Olaf College, he began his study of Buddhist scriptures uh, and first considered pursuing the path to ministry. And after receiving an MA in Buddhist studies from the University of Michigan, he moved to Miyazaki, Japan in Kyushu, where he worked uh, for the Miyazaki miyazaki prefectural government okay in 2007 reverend adams moved to kyoto japan to pursue his ministerial studies at the chuo bukkyo gakuin buddhist seminary and upon graduating from the seminary he began serving as a minister in the buddhist churches of america in 2010. reverend adams has been serving in his current capacity as the resident minister of san mateo buddhist temple uh, since 2013. Uh, In addition, he's a supervising minister for the Buddhist Church of San Francisco since 2020. And prior to coming to San Mateo, he served at the Oxnard Buddhist Temple, the Buddhist Church of Santa Barbara, the San Luis Buddhist uh, Temple, and the Guadalupe Buddhist uh, Church. Uh, From September 2018 to May 2019, he served as a chaplain intern at the University of California San Francisco Medical Center. So we are very privileged and honored to have uh, Reverend Henry Adams here. Uh, he, he's he's a good friend of mine and a uh, very dynamic speaker and uh, uh, um, very well respected. And and everybody uh, likes his uh, his his uh, very friendly character. And I wish that uh, we had in-person services so that you know we'd be able to you know uh, meet him in person. And unfortunately, uh, due to the uh, Delta variant, uh, we've we've been uh, only been able to do online services. But at least. We could have him join us here today uh, and have a wonderful service with him. So uh, without further ado, uh, I would like to introduce you to uh, Reverend uh, Henry Adams. Thank you very much.
3: He abused me. He struck me. He overpowered me. He robbed me. Those who think in this way are never free of hatred. He abused me. He struck me. He overpowered me he robbed me. Those who let go of such thoughts realize freedom from hatred. Hatred is never appeased by hatred in this world. By compassion alone is hatred appeased. This is the law of eternal. Thus spoke Shakyamuni Buddha from the Dhammapada. Nam-man-davits, 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 nam-man-davits. Wow, good morning, everyone. This is so fun to see everybody on Zoom. Uh, we do this at My Temple, too, in San Mateo every Sunday. So um, it's fun to have uh, different different scenery and to see everybody who has their cameras on. If you want to switch on your camera, feel free. Uh, of course, if you prefer not to, uh, that's fine, too. So I'm honored to uh, be with you this morning uh, to be visiting my uh, Good Dharma friend, uh, Reverend Miyagi, here uh, at his home temple uh, for the first time since he came here about over a year ago, right? We've uh, gotten together a few times, you know, kind of outdoor, uh, safe, socially distanced play dates, but uh, it's been fun to uh, actually come to your temple. Um, there's a, a, a saying of uh, one of the myokonin, uh, Shoma, uh, who said that he would, he would always go and visit the. Uh, his friends uh, at their homes and he would always when he went into a house the first thing he would do would go to the obutsudan uh, join his hands in gassho, and he would take note of everything that was inside the uh, obutsudan and if things were kind of dusty and you know the flowers were a little bit wilted and things weren't you know uh, really kind of in a, in a nice neat order he would say kono hotoke sama wa yaseteimasu ne Says this this Buddha is it looks like he's he's lost a lot of weight he's really skinny, and if he saw an uh, no, obutsudan that was very you know nicely uh, dusted and well prepared beautiful fresh osonai he would say ah kono butsu kono hotoke sama yo futo temas ne. This this Buddha is very well fed well fed and so coming into your temple today I thought wow you have a very well fed. Buddha here at Southern Alameda County Buddhist temple, Reverend Miyagi is just doing a wonderful job of maintaining the hondo and just stepping in here. It brought back a flood of memories uh, from all the times I've gotten to visit you in the past. And so I know that uh, we're all feeling the distance and the sadness of being separated from our hondo, but uh, rest assured your hondo is being very well uh, taken care of and is ready for you to uh, come on back and join once it's safe for all of us to be together also you have great ventilation here there's a nice cross breeze blowing through so when it is time to come in person uh, you'll be nice and safe uh so you know we're gathered here Uh, i came this morning across the bridge i came from the uh from the western shore of uh the san francisco bay here to the eastern shore (laughs) to share uh, my appreciation of the dharma with you Uh, on this occasion of ohigan when the sun sets uh, directly in the west and we reflect upon the direction of our own lives and this is an occasion where we often look to the teaching of the six paramitas for guidance. Do you know the six paramitas? Right? The six paramitas are generosity, ethical living, or right conduct, patience, diligence, concentration, and wisdom right? These six things that we try to do every day in our lives as Buddhists, these things that we're inspired to do by the Buddhist teachings. So today I want to talk a little bit about one of these specifically and for me this is the hardest one. I don't know which one is the hardest for you but for me the, the, the practice of patience is really difficult, really difficult. I have three children at home. I have three sons and so the practice of patience is a daily practice for me and my sons, you know, they, they come to service uh, just like Ke Sai Kun and some of the other uh, Dharma school students I see here and whenever I give a Dharma talk, my son always tells me he always gives me a little bit of feedback afterwards when I get home and if I don't tell a story about animals he always tells me, I really appreciate it, I like it when you tell a story about animals So I'm going to hear his guidance, and I'm going to share one of my favorite Dharma stories uh, that is a story about animals. And this is a story, we call this a Jataka tale. It's a story about Shakyamuni Buddha. At the start of my talk, I read some words of Shakyamuni Buddha. And this is a story about his life before he became a Buddha, before he became a Buddha. And this was a previous lifetime, a previous lifetime. And so in this story, there are a few different characters. There are three main characters. And so as you listen to this story, think about who do you think is the Buddha? Who do you, which of these uh, beings do you think went on to become the Buddha? So this is a story about a forest. And in this forest, there lived a great strong ox. You know what an ox is? Right? It's like a big cow, like a big bull. A great strong bull with long sharp horns powerful legs, a great strong back, and this ox lived in the forest. And for the most part, this ox lived at peace, except there was one other being, one other animal in the forest who was always around the ox and who gave him quite a bit of trouble. And this this creature, this animal was a monkey, a monkey, right? And so this monkey just love to bother and pester the ox, right? If you have brothers and sisters or maybe, you know, friends in the neighborhood that you play with, do you ever, do you know somebody who loves to bug other people, who loves to pester other people? Yeah, I I know some people at my house who (laughs) seems like their favorite recreational activity is is bothering other people. Um, But so that was this monkey, this monkey. And when the ox, when he woke up in the morning, He was a big ox, he was a strong ox. And he would wake up and he would be very hungry. He would be very hungry. And he would go and he would search for grass and he would find a nice patch of luxuriant, delicious grass. And just as he was about to bend down to take a bite of this grass, you know who would appear? The monkey. And the monkey would say, ah, monkey got up early this morning. Nap time for monkey and the monkey would lie down right in the grass where the ox was about to eat and start rolling around, rolling around in the grass, ah, over here, over there. And every time the ox would go to take a bite, the monkey would roll over to right where the ox was gonna bite. And then when he reached over to, went over to the other spot, the monkey would roll back and he would do this for a while. And then finally he'd he'd get bored and let the ox eat the grass that had been all matted down and smashed, right? What an obnoxious monkey. Then after the ox had had his uh, delicious breakfast, he'd be kind of thirsty. He'd say, I'm going to go have a drink. I think I'll find the, the, the river. And he'd make his way over to the river. And just as he was about to bend down and start to drink from the river, who would appear but the monkey. The monkey would immediately jump in the river and say, Bath time for monkey! And he'd start splashing around and jumping and making a mess in the water, stirring up all the dirt. So it would have been a nice, clean, clear stream it would be all muddy and dirty, and the ox is getting splashed in his face. And such an obnoxious monkey, right? Then at the end of the day, after the ox has been putting up with the monkey all day, he's ready to lie down and go to sleep. He lies down on the ground and finds his nice spot, and the monkey says, it's time for monkey to get a ride. Monkey needs a ride. And monkey would jump on the ox's back. He would grab a stick, and he would start whacking the monkey in the back and say, come on, yee-haw, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. And the poor ox could hardly get a wink of sleep, constantly being harassed by this monkey. Then one day there was a forest sprite. A sprite is uh, kind of like a fairy, kind of like a magical being, kind of like a person but with special magical powers. And this forest sprite came into the forest and saw that this monkey was harassing the ox and was like, what is going on here? And so the, the sprite went to the ox and said, excuse me, Mr. Ox, why do you put up with this obnoxious monkey? Did you lose a bet with the monkey that you have to put up with him? Does the monkey know some secret about you that you don't want to get out? Right? Has the monkey bought you? Did he pay some money to own you as a you know as his livestock? Why do you put up with this naughty monkey? Look at you, you're the ox. You're the most respected creature in the forest even the lion fears you even the queen of the elephants steps aside when she sees you coming through the forest you have such sharp horns just one poke, and you'd have no more problems with the monkey you have such strong legs you could kick him right out of this forest why do you put up with him what's wrong with you and the ox said it's true it's true this monkey is very mischievous he's a troublemaker but all beings have a good heart inside and I know that if I'm patient perhaps one day the monkey will come to appreciate his actions he'll come to realize how much trouble he's causing and he too can become a kind and gentle creature, the forest sprite said, "What, what? If you think like that, right? You'll never escape torment. You're never going to be free of his obnoxious behavior. You got to show him a lesson." And the ox said, "If happiness is what a person wants, inflicting harm on others is not the way to become happy. You'll never." receive happiness by harming others and taking vengeance on other people. The path to happiness is the path of patience, the practice of patience. And I practice patience in order to rouse, to awaken in him, kindness in his heart. The Sprite heard this and said, patience, 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 that's great, patience. I want to learn to be patient. Teach me to be patient. Come on, let me know right now. What do I have to do to be patient? How do I become patient? Tell me now. Right? And the ox said, well, well, there are ways that you can be patient. The best way to learn to be patient is to have a real rascal. Kindness and gentleness, kind and gentle creatures. they don't have to be patient. If someone's really nice to you, doesn't require much patience to be around them. What you need is a good monkey. Do You want to borrow mine? I'll happily lend you this monkey. The forest sprite heard this is no, no, no. No, that, that rascal, if you tried his tricks on me, I'd show him some of my own tricks, right? The ox said, I learned to be patient by thinking about this monkey. Sooner or later, He's gonna pick on the wrong animal. There are many animals in this forest who could give him a good scare, or maybe even give him a bad beating. Right? This monkey must be so lonely. Right? No one likes him. Most of the other creatures, when they see him coming, they run the other way. They don't want anything to do with him, right? This monkey is so confused. He doesn't understand what is right and wrong. He doesn't understand the path to kindness. He spends all his time causing trouble just to get attention. He wastes his energy causing problems for others. When I think about the monkey in this way, I feel I want to help him, not to harm him. I think about it this way, and I realize that the path to my happiness is to show kindness for the monkey. Now when the sprite heard this and he says, that's interesting, I see, I see, I understand. So maybe if I start to think about the troublemakers, the rascals, the bullies in my life, if I start to think about them in this way, I can learn to practice patience too. And thanking the buffalo, thanking the ox, the sprite gave a deep bow of gratitude. Now the whole time that the ox had been sharing this teaching the monkey had been listening he'd been in a tree close by he climbed down and he said with a deep bow i didn't realize that i had such a good friend how patient and strong you are how wonderful to have someone like you in my life let me be your friend please forgive me for the all my naughty behavior in the past. Let me learn from you how to practice this wonderful virtue of patience, right? So then the ox and the monkey, they lived together in harmony. And the ox taught the monkey all of these virtues. Generosity, upright living, patience, hard work, concentration, and wisdom. So, if you think about this ox and this monkey and the forest sprite, which of these do you think was the Buddha? Okay. So, raise your hand if you think the monkey went on to become the Buddha. Okay. I don't see any hands up. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who thinks that the ox went on to become the Buddha? Okay. I see some hands up. Yeah. Who thinks it was the forest sprite? Right. It was the ox. All of you who raised your hand for the ox, that was, that was the answer. So this ox goes on to become the Buddha. right? And so the Buddha, he continued to teach the path to patience and kindness. He taught one clear message for people like me who have a really hard time with patience. He taught that if we wish to journey to the other shore, to journey to the world of peace and bliss that we all we need to do is to trust in Amida Buddha to say these words Namo Amida Butsu when we say Namo Amida Butsu we hear the voice of the patient Buddha calling to us we hear these words reminding us that we are embraced by the compassion of the Buddha when I hear this story the character that sounds the most like me is the monkey I think I'm the monkey, right? I go around causing all kinds of troubles for my wife, for my kids, for the temple members, for all kinds of people. But I'm fortunate that I have the Buddha, the wise ox in my life, teaching me, showing me the path to awakening. When we wish to hear that voice, we only need to say, Namu Dabutsa. So I'll conclude my message to the Dharma School students here. And thank you very much for uh, spending time this morning. Uh, I look forward to a time when we can get together in person and I can hear some of your stories as well. Please join me in Gashima. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Nam Butsu. Nam Butsu. Please join me in gassho. Gassho, onegasshimasu. Buddha nature is great shinjin. Why? Because through shinjin, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva has acquired all the paramitas, from charity to wisdom. All sentient beings will, without fail, ultimately realize great shinjin. Therefore, it is taught, all sentient beings are possessed of Buddha nature. Great Shinjin is none other than Buddha nature. Buddha nature is Tathagata. From the Nirvana Sutra, quoted by Shindan Shonin in the Kyogyo Shinsho, chapter on Shinjin. Nam-man-dabutsu, 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 Okay, Great wonderful to uh, be able to continue this time with your adults. I am really impressed. You have an incredibly high rate of cameras on, which is wonderful <laughs> to see. It's really great to see everyone. It makes me feel like uh, we're, we're really connected here, being in the Hondo Um, as uh, I mentioned this is my first time coming to a temple uh, outside of uh, San Mateo in San Francisco Um, and it's just so wonderful Um, you know I had that feeling getting ready to go this morning and I finally feel like okay uh, this is a chance to really have an encounter with another Sangha so it's I think it's really wonderful to be here Uh, in in your your special space of your hondo uh, to spend this time with you this morning uh, as we reflect upon our journey to the other shore of awakening uh, as we consider um, our path at this time of ohigan and reflect upon these teachings of the six paramitas. Um, Today I wanted to continue uh, as well with the uh, adult dharma session talking about this uh, virtue of patience, which as I mentioned, is is a challenge for for me personally. Um, And I wanna begin by talking a little bit about what does patience mean from a Buddhist perspective? I think we all kind of have a sense, we have an idea of what patience is, but uh, the Buddhist tradition provides some very clear uh, explanations and very clear guidance on how we understand the meaning of patience from a Buddhist perspective. Um, And so in the Mahayana Buddhist tradition, uh, there are three aspects, three aspects to patience. The first aspect, not giving rise to anger or annoyance, right? Don't get angry in the first place. Don't get annoyed in the first place, right? The second aspect, if you do get angry, which I think we all do, which we all do, uh, if you do get angry, don't cling on to hatred. Don't cling on to grudges. Don't allow your anger Right to be something that you 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 hold on to and that you come to kind of to treasure Sometimes we, we like our anger. We, we hold on to it. This is this is my anger. It's justified I should be angry about this thing right and then finally not harboring ill will, which is to say that even if anger should linger in your mind, even if you're not able to let go of it, don't allow it to change your intentions toward others. Don't allow your anger to change your mind such that you start to dislike someone who annoys you. Right? So that the anger comes to color that entire relationship. Right? We all get angry with, with people once in a while but don't let that completely define that relationship right and so if we want to realize freedom from anger what do we have to do we have to change our mind the perfection of patience requires us to go beyond the idea that separates me from you self from others good from bad we have to realize this mind of oneness Oneness with all being. And so, how do you do that, right? How do you open that mind? How do you realize that mind of being free from the idea of self and others? Good and bad. Like and dislike. How do we break down these differences? And there are three things, again, three things that are described that are our path to freedom from anger. The first one is to tolerate. Tolerate the anger, the annoying things, the injury, the things that people do to us that we don't like, the first to be tolerant of that, then to calmly accept all of the things that come into our life. This is my life, right? To learn to accept things. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do something if we're being treated unjustly or we see someone being treated unjustly, but to maintain this, this state of calm in our minds, and then finally, to see what is true, to really understand the situation, right? So if we think back just momentarily to touch on that story about the ox that I shared uh, for the Dharma school students, right? So the, the ox, first of all, doesn't get annoyed with the monkey. He tolerates the monkey's obnoxious behavior. He calmly accepts all of the problems the monkey calls for him ruining his breakfast ruining his drink disturbing his sleep calmly accepts that but most importantly the ox sees clearly the suffering of the monkey and in that way awakens patience and compassion right so in order to realize this i need to let go of these ideas of me and mine i need to let go of my attachment to my likes and dislikes." How does that sound? Does that sound easy to you? (laughs) Sounds like a tall order to me. I see people shaking their heads. I shake my head too. Um, You know, I think that sometimes we need the greatest patience with the people that we're living with, that we're living with, the people who we see all the time. I think this past year and a half, we're starting to open up and get out more, but you know, if I think about the start of the pandemic, um, you know, we're just at home all the time. You know, think about, you know, maybe a year ago or so, we've just been kind of stuck at home. Those of us who live with other people can be really, really challenging, right? Things that don't bother us so much if we're together with someone all the time can really uh, become quite, quite difficult to calmly accept, to tolerate. Uh, for me, uh, my first experience really uh, living. Uh, close to someone other than my parents was when I went off to college because I'm an only child. So growing up, my house was very calm and peaceful for the most part because I didn't have any brothers and sisters to fight with. It was very different from the house that I live in now as an adult with three kids. But when I went off to college, suddenly, you know, I had roommates, shared bathrooms. I always had my own bathroom growing up. Um, we didn't have a huge house, but we had two bathrooms, one for my parents and one, one for me. Um, and so uh, when I went off to college, there was a, a guy who lived in my dorm, and he kind of drove me nuts, I'm <laughs> going to be honest with you, because when I would go into uh, the bathroom, you know, we had this shared area. Uh, that we would, um, we would use for the bathroom, the the shared bathroom stalls, and I would, uh, you know, I'd be in there brushing my teeth, and uh, he would always watch me very closely. He would come right next to me, the sink next to mine, and he would stand facing me, just, you know, this far away, and he would just face me, and he would watch, and then he would comment on my, my my bedtime routine, right? This is something that up to this point in my life is just very private, right? You're in the bathroom, you got your way of washing your face, flossing your teeth, brushing your teeth, and uh, Chip would give me pointers on this. You know, he would say, "Oh, you missed a spot of soap. You better rinse that off better." Right? I'd be brushing, he'd say, "No, no, 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 no. You got to make the little circles. Didn't your dentist tell you to make the little circles?" Oh, I would get so mad. I'd be like, "Oh!" Would you just shut up? <laughs> Let me brush my teeth. It's the end of the day. Starting out college, I'm stressed out. Um, I would I would get really annoyed with with Chip to the point that right I was annoyed with him, and then I started to hold a grudge against Chip. I would think, Oh man. He better not make that comment again. Oh, he better not. He better not say. Oh, he said it again. Oh, I get so mad, right? And I'm, I'm Midwestern, so I'm very kind of you know I don't like express my anger. I just hold it in, <laughs> very passive aggressively. Um, and then you know it got to the point where not only did I have this annoyance and I was holding on to it, but it was changing my way of of relating to him. Um, you know, when when classes at end of first semester. Second semester, we go to our classes, and I had I had him in one of my classes. I was like, Oh my god, oh, how am I going to survive this class with this guy in the class? He would sing joyfully, "John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt," as he was walking down the hallway in the dorm. I just hear the voice of his singing. It's oh my god, would that guy just shut up? I was you know I had all this this anger and frustration building up, and you know what? It was ruining my day. Right? It wasn't just making this relationship with him bad but it was actually you know affecting my life it was making me feel bad myself day in day out and so how would the buddha guide me to liberation from this how would the buddha help me to see through this right understanding Right, begin tolerating okay put up with chips annoying behavior then accepting we're in class together okay we're in class together we're just going to have to make the best of it but all of this is really rooted in appreciation because at one point i finally said chip where are you from and he said oh i'm from indiana and i thought i don't know anybody at this school who's from indiana right he doesn't he's far from home Right? He's not with his people. He says, what, kind of, what kind of town did you go in? He's like, oh, small town, right? So he's, he's far from home. He's separated from his community. And he began to, to realize that he's just trying to make friends. Maybe not doing so in the most effective way by commenting on people's bedtime routines, but he's trying to reach out and make a connection here. And when I understood that, I realized that, you know, we're in the same boat here. I'm also out here trying to make friends. I'm, I'm new to school here. And so recognizing this connection, recognizing, seeing and appreciating his feelings, then I was able to become more patient. And by, you know, the end of our four years in college, we weren't best friends, but I would like say hi to him when I saw him walking around campus and we became, became friendly, right? So, you know, when anger arises in, in my heart, I feel that I'm carried away from that Buddha mind, that that, that calm and peaceful mind of the Buddha, you know, I'm, I'm headed off in the opposite direction, right? And I sometimes find it difficult to have that kind of self-control. Okay, I'm going to be tolerant in this moment. I'm going to be patient in this moment. So how can I bring about this change of heart? This is, to me, kind of what Ohigan is all about. It's about, you know, we're going through our lives and twice a year we have this opportunity when the weather is nice, when the sun is setting directly in the west. It's an opportunity to clarify the direction of our lives. Which way am I heading? Where do I direct my heart? moment to moment. And for me, I find that this is a time to say Namo Amida Butsu, to say the Nembutsu and to hear the Nembutsu and to reflect upon these teachings that by entrusting in the Buddha's wisdom and compassion, I will be carried over to the other shore, to the world of awakening, without fail. And through this sense of assurance and confidence, then moment to moment, what I'm doing, I can turn my mind toward the Buddha, turn my mind to hear the Buddha's wisdom and compassion in easy times, but also in those difficult times. This time of Ohigan, for me, is a time to affirm, to hear the voice of the Buddha calling in these words, Namo Amidabutsu, guiding me to transform my heart to realize this practice of patience. Right? And so the Buddha had particular compassion for people like me. People who are unable to protect perfect these virtues through my own efforts. So he provides the Nembutsu. And how is it that the Nembutsu enables me to overcome my anger? How does hearing butsu? how does that change my heart? So generally, I go around thinking in a very me-centered way. Henry is the center of the universe, right? And the Buddha teaches very clearly that this me-centered way of thinking, that this is what gives rise to the anger and the frustration that come up moment to moment, right? So for my usual way of thinking, my actions are correct. What I do is correct, right? I am correct. If someone gets mad at me, they need to be more patient. They need to understand that I'm right here, right? If I get mad at someone else, it's because they have done something that is really unforgivable, that is really obnoxious. When my anger arises, right, how much of this anger is just the result of me not getting my own way, right? And so, this is my normal way, my normal frame of mind, but Namo Amidabutsu, wa this way of thinking is a shift. It's a change, changed way rather than clinging to me and mine, but it's a way of, of living that's grounded in gratitude and appreciation for the Buddha's compassion. The Nembutsu arises from gratitude. I once uh, heard a minister who was being asked by uh, a college professor, a professor of Buddhist studies, said, How do you explain Namu Amidabutsu? How do you explain the Nembutsu? And I was expecting this minister to go into a whole uh, exposition on the Buddha of light and the Buddha of life and Amida Buddha's compassion. And he said, One thing thank you. That's Namu Amidabutsu. Thank you. The heart of gratitude. Right. And so when we live, this heart of thank you, our minds turn from me and mine to what has been done for me, right? Rather than what has been done to me, right? That's the me and my thinking. What did they do to me, right? To the mind of gratitude. What has been done for me? What have I received? Receive the compassion of the Buddha. I receive the compassion, the patience, and the kindness of others. My my wife, my kids, the Sangha members, all of these people. And I become aware of what I have done to others. Like that monkey, I suddenly realize how obnoxious I've been and what great friends I have who guide and support me. I feel gratitude to the Buddha whose teachings enable me to see myself as I truly am. And shine a light on the direction to the other shore, to the, another way of living, moment to moment. So the way of patience brings peace of mind to me, but also brings peace to my relationships. And so this teaching of Namu Ambi Dabutsu has been transforming minds since the time of the Buddha one of the great minds that was transformed by the Nembutsu and which I look to for inspiration is this gentleman right here, Shinran Shonin. Shinran Shonin to me is a role model for how to live this life of patience in the midst of all of the turmoil and challenges of our lives. Shinran Shonin uh, when he was in his 30s was uprooted from his life in Kyoto. He was uh, the member of a Nembutsu community following a teacher by the name of Honen Shonin. And this community was so revolutionary and radical in its acceptance of all people that it was seen as a threat to the status quo, that it was seen as disrupting the way that things should be. And so Shinran's teacher Honen shinran and several of their companions were sent off from kyoto sent into uh the distant rural parts of japan sent into exile into unfamiliar territory shinran was sent into the area of uh, echigo what is now niigata prefecture sent out into this rural area shinran rather than seething and you know being angry all day long he set about sharing the peace of mind that he had realized in the nembutsu he began to teach the dharma and he developed a community of friends in the nembutsu and those friends many of them moved from that area of echigo into another part of japan in the kanto area near what is now tokyo they moved into uh, this area of the, the Kanto region because they were developing uh, new farmland there. The, the, the capital of Kamakura was building up the new capital. They needed farmers. There's lots of rice farmers in Echigo where Shinran was and so Shinran joins this community of immigrants, this community of migrants into this new area and when they arrived some people appreciated them but others were not so welcoming. Of this new group of people coming in particularly uh, some of the local religious teachers were not particularly happy that there were new dharma teachers coming into the area there was one teacher in particular named bennen bennen was um he was a very well respected yamabushi if you know what a yamabushi is yamabushi are these very fierce uh ascetic practicers live deep in the mountains, they um, wear animal skins, they perform difficult uh, rites and and, uh, rituals, they do very strenuous practices that ordinary people cannot do. And so they're seen as having great power. And so Bennen was much revered by the local people in the area uh, where Shinran had moved into. And people would often go to him looking for uh, help with their problems. They would, for example, uh, if their uncle was very sick, they might go up to Ben-Nen's mountain and say, Ben-Nen, could you perform a ceremony to cure my uncle of his illness? And ben would receive a generous donation and then conduct you know, a very elaborate ceremony. Sometimes the illness would be cured, sometimes it wouldn't but people would hold out hope for those times that it would be cured. Other times, perhaps, there would not be enough rain for the crops, so people would go up the mountain and ask Benin, could you perform a ceremony to bring the rains? Bendin would receive a generous donation. He'd perform a ceremony. Sometimes it wouldn't rain, sometimes it would. People would hold out hope for those times when it would rain. And so when Shindon came to town, People would ask him. They would see him in his robes and say, "Oh, you're a you're a priest. You're a religious man. Can you cure an illness for me?" To "None, of course. No, curing illness that's uh, that's not not what I'm able to do. That's beyond my powers." And they'd say, "Oh, okay. Oh, how about the rain? Can you make it rain?" "Uh, nope, nope. Rains that's that's not within my powers either." And they say, "Well, what do you what do you do?" what can you do? He says, well all I can do is to say Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu? What's that all about? Namo Amidabutsu is gratitude for Amida Buddha who supports me so that I recognize the truth that even if my loved ones pass away, even if I myself die, that this is part of life, also that birth in this world of peace and bliss is assured. Even if the rains don't come, and we have to live under great difficult circumstances, we are all embraced by the Buddha's compassion, and we can work together, support each other to get through. Huh, Amida Buddha, kindness, working together. Ah, I like the sound of this. People would more and more come to hear This teaching of the Nembutsu from Shinran Shonin. And less and less, they would head up the mountain to go and visit Ben. Shinran was helping people to find a clear direction to the other shore. Now Ben then started to wonder, where is everybody? He started asking around, asking his his followers and his disciples, how come nobody comes up here anymore? What happened? Where is everybody? He said, oh, you know... There's this new guy in town, his name is Shindan, and people are gathering at his place to hear his teaching. What, what does he teach? What, does, he, does he bring the reins? Uh, no. Does he cure illness? No. But they all say Namo Ami Dabutsu. Butsu, Dabutsu, Naman Butsu. They all seem to be at peace. And ben Nen says, hmm, Namo Ami Butsu. I don't know if I like the sound of that. I'm gonna have a talk with this Shinran. I think maybe he shouldn't be around here anymore. Ben then picked up his bow and his sharp arrows and he went out and he was waiting at a place called Itajikiyama where he had heard Shinran was walking. He drew his bow and he was waiting. No Shinran. And so he went back and he said, "You guys said he was going to be on the east side of Itajikiyama. I didn't see him. Where would he go?" "Oh yeah, I heard yesterday he went around the west side." So then Ben then, grabs his bows and his arrows the next day, waiting on the west side of Itajikiyama. No shinran. So he goes back home and he says, Where was he? I was waiting all day. Yeah, remember that path he waited by on the, uh, yesterday on the east side? That's where he was. Oh. So Ben-Nen, in his rage, he's filled with rage at this point. So his annoyance has become anger, has become a grudge. And now... He has this very bad intention towards Shinran. And he goes to Shinran's house. Dun, 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 dun pounds at the door. I imagine Shinran, you know, hearing the sound. The voice of Ben and, Oi! Shinran, dete koi! And Shinran, come on out here! Shinran opening the door. Oh! Konnichiwa! Like, Hi, who are you, right? And Benin says, "I am Benin." He's got the animals, wild hair, animal skins. He's holding weapons. Um, you know, it's all of the people who were there with Shinran at the time—they all scattered. They're like, "Whoa, Yamabushi is here, and he's mad!" They all ran away. Right? Shinran remains calm. Right? Benin starts shouting at him, "I'm here, Shinran. I'm here to kill you." Right? All of this aggression and violence. Shinran tolerates it. He accepts that this man is very angry with him. But he, he also discerns in this moment. He says, oh, well, when it comes to the matters of life and death, I entrust everything to Amida Buddha. When my time comes to cross over to the other shore, I am prepared. But tell me about yourself. What brings you here? and Bennen in this moment he sees Shinran's calm expression and his mind is changed in that moment and he sits down and Shinran listens to him and they have a conversation and in the course of that conversation Bennen tells him you know I really was coming here to kill you I was so mad at you I was holding this anger that I thought you needed to die in order for me to be happy And Shinran just listens to all of this calmly, says, that must have been really, really difficult. You must have felt a lot of discomfort and unhappiness because of that anger you were holding. And Ben-Nen, hearing and encountering this incredibly kind and compassionate person, throws away his bow, breaks his arrows, casts off his animal skin cloak, and says, please take me as your disciple you know, we know that if somebody asked to be a disciple, Shinran would say, I have not even a single disciple for the teachings I receive come directly from the Buddha, but I welcome you to be my companion on this journey. And so Bennen becomes one of Shinran's closest companions in the Nembutsu. Uh, He changes uh, his name to the Myohobo and becomes a close close Dharma friend of Shinran's uh, throughout his life. Now, thinking about Shinran's way of reacting to ben aggression, Shinran lives with this heart of the Nembutsu. Rather than thinking about, what is this guy doing to me? Right? He thinks about what is done for me. What have I done to others? Maybe he recognizes, well, I just showed up here He's got his livelihood. Right? He has his reasons for being angry. And so Shinran, through his discernment, through his insight, he awakens compassion and kindness that comes from the Buddha. So Shinran meets Bennen not as an enemy. Shinran doesn't say, I'm the good guy, he's the bad guy. He says, we are both foolish beings in this world of delusion. And so let us journey together to share this common destination to the world of peace and bliss. And so when I reflect upon this story on this occasion of Ohigan, I find that in our world today, in my life, there are many occasions when I feel like I'm under assault, like I'm being attacked, like my group is under attack. But I look to Shinran Shonin, whose mind always turning to the Nembutsu, the mind of Namo Dabutsu. Not what is done to me, but what have I done to others? And most importantly, what is being done for me? And this mind, this shift, is Shinji, the awakened mind, the mind of uh, awakening in gratitude, deep entrusting trusting to the Buddha. And the Nirvana Sutra, this passage I read, assures us that this is, this is our path, to realize the other shore. This is our path to uh, true awakening. So with these uh, reflections and this gratitude for the Nembutsu, um, I'll conclude uh, this wonderful opportunity uh, that I've had to uh, speak to our English speakers. Uh, I invite you to join me in gosho. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Amida Butsu. Namu Butsu. Namu Butsu. Namu Thank you. 合唱全てえっとあの、私が uh, 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 あの, あ まあ, 皿あで、でも 太陽<笑> こんなあの、6 あの、あの、ニンニク、ニンニク。ニンニク。ね、こう私があの、あらゆるね、あの、肩が。の方が、一番若い人は若い<笑> で、もう<笑> で、クラス皆の真面目いで、ベースにしその色々とまあ、、必ず安らか Namo Amida Nam